0: Your Calgary Flames only play here. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Through 60 minutes and beyond the Flames Talk. Postgame show starts now. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge.
1: 6-5 in overtime, your final score, Stars beat the Flames here at the Scotia Bank Saddledome and uh, we are getting things started on your Flames Talk post game this evening. Okay, your final score here at the Scotia Bank Saddledome on a Saturday night, the Flames fall 6-5 to the Dallas Stars and as we get things going on our Flames Talk post game we head to the Flames locker room and check in with Blake Coleman uh, Blake, appreciate the time as always, uh, a crazy one, back and forth, uh, I guess just how did you, uh see this one for your group tonight
2: well I thought obviously uh you know too slow of a start um gave him an opportunity to get a lead and then uh you know on the other side of it it was a good push back in the second uh third as well I thought uh you know I thought we deserved better uh aside from our start I think uh the rest of our game is really solid um you know just was you know another uh just another OT loss that just you know these losing these points is crushing us and uh you know it uh, it stings but you know we're right back at it here we got two big games coming up
1: blake can you uh can you walk us through kind of how your group started to turn it and and how you were able to take those two leads you talked about the start that was not how you wanted but you were able to turn it pretty dramatically what what allowed your group to do that tonight
2: oh just started playing the right way getting a lot of pressure on their d um you know getting pucks behind them there's no secret it's just uh you know, we started to execute a little bit. Um, you know, I thought I thought all four lines started to go, which is what you need. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I think our game was good. Um, you know, obviously blowing the lead in the third and, and OT loss, it's just, it's been a theme and it's just, uh, it's killing us right now. And, um, you know, four or five posts go in, one of those goes in, it's a different game, but it's just... the way it's been and and we got to just continue to work till till we get out of this
1: well and a final question for you blake i just yeah i know that you know stings right after a game and obviously frustrating the way things went but just overall you got 12 to go you're right there everything's still on the table can you just kind of take us through the overall mindset of the group as you head back on the road
2: yeah we just just win um we just need to win games that's it i think uh we all believe in what we got in the room and um you know everyone's frustrated uh fans players uh media whatever whatever it is everyone's frustrated because we all think we got better and we all think we uh should be in a better spot and uh, the only way to get there is to win and, and to work and uh nobody's gonna feel sorry for us so at the end of the day it's it's on us and um you know four points on this road trip would be a uh, pretty big time for for our team
1: blake appreciate the time good luck monday in la thanks for doing this Yep. Thanks, fellas. That is Blake Coleman post game following tonight's 6-5 overtime loss to the Dallas Stars. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stone Lounge. If you have cracks in your walls, floors or ceilings, contact them today for a free estimate. For all things basementy. visit dlbasementsystems.com Pat Steinberg, Peter Labardius, Derek Wills around the table, and uh, we also welcome in Flames' assistant coach, Ryan Huska, right now as well. Uh, Huska, uh, an- another crazy one with Dallas. Uh, how how did you see this one? What are uh, your big takeaways from this game tonight?
3: Yeah, I don't know what it is this year with them. Last year, the you know, I mean, everybody knows our playoff series of goals. you couldn't score either end. Yeah. Um, and this three-game set we've had with them, there was goals galore in every game. Yeah. Um, we didn't start on time, like we were slow out of the gates, and when you give up two early goals, it's not a recipe for success, but what I did like about it is we stayed with it, and we found a way to answer back, and then we stayed with it, and I thought we got better in the, for sure in the second and third period. Um, you know, it was just you get into overtime, and we haven't had a lot of success there uh, this year, and you know, you're you're down to 30 seconds left and there's an offensive zone face-off, And it's, you, you know, they have three good forwards on the ice in that situation. They make a good play and, and we missed a bit of a read and it ends up in the back of our net. And unfortunately, that extra point that we wanted, we didn't get tonight.
4: Yeah, it was crazy on the Hawkenpaw game tire. You're in a battle with Pavelski down low, you lose it. And the next thing you know, he's wide open in front. Mm-hmm. And that's just how... How little difference it can be,
3: right? Yeah, well, I mean, goal scorers, they know where to go. And the key thing for um, you when you're defending or playing against those type of guys is to always know where they are and make sure you control their sticks. So if you give them a little bit of room, um, they can make you pay. Whether it's a tip or a quick spin away, they they break coverage just for a second and they find a way to find the puck. And when you have the ability like a Robertson or Pavelski do and um, they know how to score goals they score. Um, and unfortunately they did tonight. Like um, y- y- those are the guys that you want to make sure don't get an opportunity to get into those areas to shoot and score. And, and on a couple occasions, we gave them a little bit too much room and they'll find the back of the net like they did. You guys have been in
5: almost every single game this season. You've played in an NHL high 41, one goal games and yeah. 26 of them, whether it be in regulation time, overtime or shootout, haven't gone your way. But talking to players, they're sick and tired of hearing about moral victories. But as a coach, are there some positive takeaways
3: from this game for you? I think every game you take something positive away. Um, you take things that are negative away too. Yeah. And that's what coaches do. I mean, we have to find things that our players did well and areas that we can build off of, and we have to find areas that we have to correct. And then we go to the players and we deal with it and we work on it and we make sure we're better for the next time we play. Um, you're right there at this point of the season there are no moral victories we need all the points we can possibly get and that's that's just reality as to where we are um but you have to give them some things that they do well as well because if it's all negative or you're not doing anything well well then it really sinks the boat so um we'll find the things that our guys did well today uh when we look at it again and then we'll also make some corrections on things that we have to improve
1: ryan husk is with us flames assistant following a 6-5 overtime loss to dallas can I, can I ask about the the penalty kill? You got the clean sheet tonight. You go 3 for 3. Just looking just looking online. You allowed just the one slot chance in those three penalty kills. And I thought I thought the Coleman penalty that you killed off in the second period really started to turn it for your group and you kind of built off. it. Was that one of the positives you take away from tonight, the way your group killed? I
3: liked our penalty kill. They have a good power play on the other side that um, is dangerous, and I don't think they were all that dangerous tonight, and part of that is moving our feet. Um, Part of that I think now is becoming a threat to score, and I think we changed the way power plays play against us a little bit because we do take some opportunities or chances to go up the ice, so I think at the end of the day, power plays are a little bit aware, like these guys may go, um, and they don't want to give a a shorthanded goal up. So I think in the back of their mind, they're like, I have to be a little safe in this area instead of making the play I normally would make. I'm going to make the safe play, which I think our guys have done a really good job of reading where the puck is going next over the last little while, and they've arrived on time and they've been able to contest a lot of pucks. So they haven't had a lot of clean looks over the last little while, and I think our guys have done a pretty good job in that area.
4: Ryan, not just because he had three points tonight, but Mackenzie Wieger, Mm -hmm. since the break, Mm -hmm. seems like he has been at a very high level. How have you seen it? And maybe what are the little tweaks or things that he's doing, maybe just a little better the last little while that wasn't quite as effective as it was earlier in the year? I I
3: think since we've partnered Braz and him together, they've been excellent, um, both ends of the ice. Um, but I do feel like for McKenzie's situation, you don't ever want there to be a delay in a person's performance when they come to a new team. Um, but when things don't start off on the right foot or he's not playing the way he wants to play, there starts to become a weight on your shoulder. And you start to overthink things and you feel bad because you feel like you're letting the team down and you're not where you should be at and things snowball for you at times. Um, and it's probably normal where he's got to get used to a new teammates, new surroundings. Um, New City we've got snow they had sun (laughs) there's a lot of different things that are going on and I think when he went away for the break I think he did a really good job of resetting himself and he used that time away Um, probably to realize and remember that he is a really good player and he does a lot of things well. And he's come back, I think, feeling a lot lighter, if that makes sense. Um, And he's playing that way. So I think he's back to just playing the game and trusting himself and, and doing what he feels is right in certain situations. And a lot of times, whether it's offensively or defensively, he's making the right reads right now.
5: Ryan I know you didn't get the two points you wanted tonight but you battled back from two nothing mm-hmm. down and 3-1 down you do pick up an important point yeah. and are four points out of a playoff spot uh at the end of the night. Is that something that the coaches are talking to the players about, or is it more small picture, let's win this game and and see where it takes us?
3: Well, we are big picture right now. I mean, we talk both, I guess you can say. We have to win every game, and they know that. So the game that's right in front of us right now is the most important game. And um, our players are very well aware of that, but they also know that because of the situation that we put ourselves in, we have to look big picture as well. So and that goes to winning every game and they understand the importance of it and then you break it down into the game that's right in front of you so um, we needed to win this one tonight we got the one point we didn't get the two that we wanted we got to make sure we turn our attention to our next game now Thank you, Huska. Thank Appreciate it. always guys.
1: a good trip. Yep. Ryan Huska, Flames assistant coach, joining us here on our Flames Talk post-game show. 6-5 in overtime, your final score. Flames fall to the Dallas Stars. Uh, say hi to Lou and, and Derek, because mm-hmm. haven't had a chance to say hi to him yet uh, as we went right to Mr. Huska. Hi, Pat. Um, hi, you know Pat. what? Hi, hi gents. You know, the marquee matchup tonight brought to you by Country Hills Toyota Lou was the Flames with an opportunity to sweep this three-game season series. And we talked about, I guess it's a good place to start. And I know the Flames only get the single point, and and they need two every night right now. But we talked about, geez, you wonder if, if this game will be a little bit more like the way these two teams like to play it. You know, they like to play a lot of 3-1, 4-2 games. Nope, uh, there's, another, there's another 11 goals. So that's uh, 31 goals in three games between these two teams this year. Uh, that I don't know if anybody saw coming.
4: No, and I think it's almost harder to believe, as even Ryan made reference to, when you know scoring in that playoff series yeah. last spring seemed like, you know, trying to resurrect the Titanic at both ends of the rink. So... You know, very, very different style. It was a highly, highly entertaining game, and really all three of them absolutely have been. Um, You know, from a Flames perspective, you can't disregard the battle back tonight and fight, which I really liked. I just wish they managed the game and the puck much better in the first because I did not think they did a very good job of that at all in the opening 20 minutes.
5: Yeah, I thought they were a disaster in the first period. so did I. And probably lucky to only be behind by a couple of goals. With that said, they were also unlucky tonight. They hit the goal post or crossbar four times.
1: Was it four when it was all Yeah,
5: and I'm pretty sure two of those shots went literally off where the goal post and the crossbar connect. So, lucky to only be down two following the first period and to be in a position to battle back to pick up a point in this game, but unlucky because... They continue to open up a larger lead on the other 31 teams in the NHL as far as goalposts and crossbars hit so far this season, so that's got to be frustrating for them. thought they did a lot of really good things in the final almost 45 minutes of this hockey game, and I actually thought until they gave up that goal in overtime that they were a lot more patient and a lot more responsible with the puck in overtime than they've been in a lot of OT losses so far this season, but... Uh, The Stars put three really good players on the ice and uh, their best offensive player made a hell of a play to win the hockey game. So you tip your cap to him. So now if you're the Flames, you've got to just turn the page. You pick up a point, you're four points out. You hope for some help on the out-of-town scoreboard tomorrow. And a tough back-to-back for both the Predators, the team... The Flames are now one point ahead of, and the Jets, the team, the Flames are now four points behind as those three teams battle for a playoff spot. So hope to get some help tomorrow and then take care of your own business uh, on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, The Flames have one of the easier back-to-backs in the NHL, maybe the easiest back-to-back in the league going from Los Angeles to Anaheim. If you can get a big win against the Kings uh, and get some revenge against the Ducks, you're probably going to be in a pretty good spot middle of the next week. But, you know, tonight was uh, one of those games where there were a lot of positives to take away, but some negatives as well. You know, I think about last year's team, they didn't let leads slip through their fingers very often. This team... This year's team has done it far too often. Mm -hmm. You battle back from 3-1 down. You take a 4-3 lead, and then it's 4-4, and then it's 5-4, and then it's 5-5. And And it was quick again. It was
1: 72 seconds from 4-3 to 4-4, and it was about two and a half minutes from 5-4 to 5-5.
5: Yeah. So uh, I feel for Jacob Markstrom. Uh, You could see the frustration from him as he left the ice following that overtime winner by... uh, one of the best young players, maybe the best young player in the game and Jason Robertson as he smashed his stick over the boards uh, as he stepped off the ice and out of the bench to head down the tunnel. But, you know, he once again gave him a chance to win the hockey game. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, <laughs> maybe all the goals these two teams should have scored in seven postseason games last year. They've scored in three regular season games this year. I wouldn't mind a seven-game series between these two teams again. Uh, the Stars are in good shape. The Flames uh, have some work to do, though.
1: Um, gents, how do we... I just go back to listening to Blake Coleman earlier to kick things off on our Flames Talk post game and, and you know, him talking about how these overtime losses now fifteen extra time losses or fifteen loser points. Uh, they dropped to four and twelve in overtime. They've got the second worst overtime record in the league. Only Philadelphia's one and eleven is worse percentage wise. So Flames are minus eight when it comes to their overtime goal differential. And, and Blake just kept on saying, It's crushing us, it's crushing us, it's crushing us. Guys, do we have – and I know it's three-on-three, three, and when you're in the playoffs, three-on-three three doesn't exist. But it's also important to get you to the playoffs. Yeah. Why Why hasn't it been a, a good element for them this year? Well, and
5: really it's a catch-22 in the sense that without the 15 loser points, they wouldn't be anywhere close to a playoff spot. They'd be out of the race by now. But if they did a better job in third periods, both in games that they were behind in because they haven't won one of those yet – and games they've been ahead in, then they wouldn't have been forced to go to overtime or a shootout as often as they have been so far this season. The issue for me in three-on-three, two things. We talked about it on uh, an edition of Flames Talk last week. Wasn't necessarily the case tonight. I thought they were a lot more patient with the puck. When they didn't think they were going to get an opportunity for a high-danger chance, they just cycled it back. If that meant taking it into the neutral zone or back into their own zone, they did that. They were more patient. Uh, the other thing is, this team has uh, a shot value mentality. During regulation time, I think you can get away with taking low-percentage shots because both teams have five guys on the ice. I think in overtime, when it's all about possession, taking those low-percentage shots, which very rarely leads to a goal and more often than not leads to a turnover, uh, is another reason why. That, that's been ingrained in their brains. So not being patient enough to wait for better shots or better opportunities, I think, has hurt them at times in three-on-three.
4: Yeah, I think they've made too many little mistakes. I really do. Like, even tonight, that's a face-off play that started in... 200 feet away. 200 feet away, 185 feet away. And you didn't defend it as well as you could have. Of course, you can't take anything away from a great player making a great play. Um, but they almost sprung one to hints right off the opening draw when he went behind, gathered speed, and got in behind. And then I'd use two other words belief and confidence. And there is very little. And frankly, why would there be? Yep.
5: Yeah. And, and there have yep. been too many individual mistakes. Not that long ago, I think about the bad change by Michael Backland. And earlier this season, their biggest problem in overtime earlier this season was taking penalties. Weren't yeah, their first right. three losses three. in overtime yep. on power play goals against? Yep. Now they've cleaned that up, but they've got some other things to clean up. <laughs> Although if they want to get in, uh, they'd be best to avoid overtime uh, moving forward here. They're going to need some regulation wins because uh, if it's close at the end, could come down to a tiebreaker, and uh, right now they're not close in that tiebreaker.
1: Nope um okay save of the game time for jacob markstrom's save of the game brought to you by shane holmes Uh, ninth consecutive start from jacob tonight and his save of the game comes in overtime ben picks off the pass here come the stars 2-1-1 one, one. ben and robertson ben in shoots and markstrom stops him a great love save by markstrom on ben that's one of the 20 stops made by Jacob Markstrom tonight, and that's his save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kidsport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. Lou, one of those nights were, <laughs> we, again, going back to the seven games we saw in May of last year were, Not only could you not buy a goal in terms of the way it was played in front of the goalies, but those two guys were brick walls. And tonight, Ottinger allows five, Markstrom allows six. This is a tough one for a goalie to be in tonight.
4: But there was a lot of high quality. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I mean. And there wasn't really in the springtime a ton of high quality. And the Flames had more high quality throughout the course of the series, but couldn't put things away. And especially in game seven when, you know, it was one of the finer goaltending performances in a big game that I've ever witnessed in my life at yep. any level. So um it's that's that's the beauty of sports. You can try to break it down any way you like doing it analytically, eye test, combination of both. You know, it's sports can be very, very difficult to predict and Tonight's just another perfect example, because I really didn't think we were going to have another 5-4, 6-5, no, but that's what we ended up with.
5: Fun for us to watch, fun for the fans to watch, not so fun for the goaltenders or the coaches. Another game where the Flames pretty badly outshoot their opponent. They outshoot the Stars 38-26, to so they extend their NHL record. Uh, the Flames have now outshot their opponent by 10 or more Uh, A league high 34 times this season. They have lost 21 of those games, 13-13 and 8. And I found it really interesting that following the first period, which was obviously the Flames' worst period in this game, Mm -hmm. they only gave up 10 shots on goal, but as you pointed out during the first intermission, and Lou, you you suggested it would be 7 or 8 scoring chances on those 10 shots, it was actually 8.
6: So oh, yes. it's not
5: the, it's not the quality that's the issue, it's the quantity that's yep. the issue. And I would say it's the flip of that at the other end of the ice, where there's been plenty of quantity and just not enough quality. So I got a, a crazy stat to share with you guys. So I haven't updated it after this game, but going into this game, the Flames were second in the NHL in shot differential per game at plus 8.5 shots behind only the Hurricanes. The only team or the last team, to miss the playoffs with a shot differential of plus 5.7 or higher, the 1995-1996 Devils. It hasn't happened in, like, 30 years. And the Flames are way clear of where they were at 5.7. Flames are probably at 8.6 now. It's just bonkers. And that doesn't include all the goalposts and crossbars they've hit because those don't count as shots on goal.
1: Yep.
4: You know, in all sincerity, it's it's a stat where it comes to shots on goal that I almost don't even want to hear anymore. Yeah. Just because, to me, the number one stat always for me in hockey is how many quality scoring chances do you get in comparison to how many you give up, and... You know, and then you have to have people that finish when you get there. Yeah. But for me, there have been a lot of nights this year where they have had, forget about 10, 15 to 20 shot advantages at the end of the night. But whether it's analytically or through the eye test, scoring chances have not corresponded to the amount. Yeah. And on a lot of nights where the Flames actually have not only had great volume, but great number of high quality I don't think they've lost a lot of games yep so to me the quality of scoring chance I don't again you know I I grew up watching you know the Russians play the sport well even in 1972 Canada would outshoot them you know 38 or 40 to 17 to 20. But guess which team usually had the better quality scoring chances? The guys from across the pond. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this reminds me of. Yep.
5: And as Daryl Sutter has said countless times this season, you know, whether it be late in the third period tonight or in overtime tonight, you need one of your best players to step up and make a play. And that's what happened for the Stars. Jason Robertson is their best offensive player mm-hmm. and he made a great play to score the game-winning goal. And the Flames you know obviously Tyler Toffoli has stepped up and made big plays for the Flames a bunch of times this season, but some of their other top players haven't done it often enough. And I thought two of their top players tonight struggled mightily.
1: Nazem Kadri played just over 13 minutes tonight, guys didn't yeah. get a shift in overtime. They, we, Lou and I talked about on the pregame show. Like, the, if they're going to do it, he's going to have to be More a impactful. difference maker. Yeah. He oh, and he has been a and 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 you can say this is overly harsh. What a he has been a difference maker the wrong way, way too much over the last little while, and has seldom been a difference maker where you need him to be. They need that from him here, and. He, he is the guy with the biggest spotlight on him for me into yeah. their final 12 games. And I here. don't disagree. One, Iota.
5: Me too. Uh, and you know, Jonathan Huberto, to his credit, came in with a three-game point streak and with six points in his last six games. And he's been great against the Stars in his career. Had 30 points in 23 games coming into this one. But he gets held off the score sheet in a 6-5 game as well. And I thought he fought it tonight. Flames... Need someone other than Tyler Toffoli to step up and make a big play at big times. It just hasn't happened often enough. Yep. But I again, I do give them credit for battling back from two two goal deficits to pick up a point tonight against the top team in the Central Division. They now have a seven game point streak against the Stars, five zero and two. They did some really good things tonight. They just they couldn't close the door after taking four three and five four leads, and then the game goes to overtime and. Well, a lot like their opponent tonight. The Flames haven't had a lot of luck in three on three, but uh Dallas found a way and Calgary
4: has to settle for one.
1: Uh, okay, let's select tonight's player with heart, brought to you by Heartfit Clinic. Lou, which way you leave? He it tonight? wears
4: number fifty two, Mackenzie Uyghur. Three points. Um, battled his tail off. He and his partner were marvelous tonight. Um I just I just love the way he's played ever since he came back from the break. And the partnership with Raz has been very, very good for him. But this is the guy that I have been watching the last two or three years in particular. You can see it. You can see it in his decision-making. You can see it in his confidence yep. with the puck going towards the net. You can never take away his competitive nature. This guy, this guy's a real good player. He's a real good player. And the one thing that he's been able to do, obviously, is he's gotten to a reset. His buddy hasn't gotten to the reset button yet. Yep. And Pat, months ago on one of our shows, many of them, I said, for the one guy, it would not surprise me if it took until next fall.
1: Yep. Weger's been great of late. Daryl Sutter, we're about to hear from him, but he uh, had some really nice things to say about Mackenzie Weger once again. He's, he's turned into one of their best players over the last four or five. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah,
5: I think he's been their best defenseman since the break. Yep. I do. He, he looks comfortable. He looks confident. Uh, and his partner seems to have his game back after the infamous scooter incident oh. in Motown. You know, he's, he's back at the top of his game. Rasmus Anderson, with three more points tonight stretches his point streak to four games. He's got eight points during that four-game point streak. And a back-to-back multi-point games First partner, Mackenzie who has got five points in the last two games. Let me ask you guys this on a positive note, because I do think there are a lot of positives to take out of this game. So last season, based on the eye test and based on many metrics – the pairing of Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson was one of the league's elite pairings. Has the pairing of Mackenzie Weegar and Rasmus Anderson in the last handful of weeks looked like an elite pairing, or are, they, are are they on track to become one? Certainly looks that way to me.
4: It's been a really good pairing. I've liked it uh, a lot. Um, I've liked it a ton. Um, Mackenzie's a big reason for that. Not to take you know. Rasmus Anderson by and large outside of a few stretches and few nights here and there he's been a pretty darn good player for them and um you know his minutes have gone up by two or three this year i i like i like how they've played together um
1: they're closer
4: to that for me
1: yep they're, they i i've really I've really appreciated the way they've played. I'm just taking a look at uh, some of the the metrics, which are are strong. They've been, you know, they've they've been pretty darn good in terms of high danger chances. They've been on the ice for really good in that re- respect. In fact, um, and they're very the similar best,
5: players, don't you think?
1: I do. I I asked Rasmus this morning in the locker room, and he said the the really the only adjustment. It's been pretty natural. The only thing that he's had to think about is he's had to look a few times where his stick is because Mm -hmm. he's playing with a righty uh, on his offside as opposed to, uh, you know, Noah, who's uh, uh, on his strong side. That's the only, otherwise, he said, it's been a pretty natural, seamless fit for him.
5: Both guys play with edge, and I love that about that pairing as well. Mackenzie Wieger leads his team in hits. Nikita Zdorov led the team for most of the season, but again, with the way that Wieger has played coming out of the break, he's been an absolute beast, and I think he's helped Rasmus get his game back. It's been a really good pairing for them. Really good. Yeah, I agree.
1: Flamestock post game, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're uh, also live course right here on sportsnet 960 the fan phone calls at 403-240-4444 very shortly text line at 960-960 very shortly also head coach daryl sutter in just seconds but before we get to the head coach uh and before we get to your phone calls and texts get some final thoughts from our broadcast crew starting with peter labardius Pat didn't like the start tonight didn't like the first really liked
4: the battle and fight the rest of the night um you get one You'd love to. It's kind of the same story again, but it is a second straight game where at least I saw high compete and high battle.
5: I feel for the guys. I do. I mean, they have played 70 games this season and 41 of them have been decided by one goal and they've lost 26 of those games. Now, thankfully, they've lost 15 of them in overtime or a shootout. And those 15 loser points... Has them in the fight for a playoff spot with now 12 games to go in the regular season. But they're going to have to string some wins together, which 70 games in, they haven't been able to do. When's the last time they had a three-game winning streak? Because that's their longest winning streak this season. I believe it was December. you right? got to go back to 2022. Yeah. Yep. So they're going to have to have at least a three-game winning streak Getting or a longer two one. Getting has been very hard. Absolutely. Yep. And... Won't be easy as they head to California for a couple of games uh, against the Kings team that is surprisingly comfortably in a playoff spot, sitting second in the Pacific Division, and a Ducks team that beat the Flames in their own building last week. So uh, a couple of big games coming up, but I do feel bad for the guys. You see how frustrated Jacob Markstrom is uh, heading off the ice after uh, another one-goal loss, another overtime loss, and... He's been battling and uh, playing his best hockey of the season. I know I gave up six tonight, but uh, like the guy at the other end, Jake Ottinger, did give his team to win what was a wild hockey game. But the Flames just need someone other than Tyler DeFoli, and there have been other guys, but mostly DeFoli, to to step up and score a big goal uh, at an important time. They just haven't had enough heroes in all of the one-goal games they've played in this season. Otherwise, they'd have more wins uh, in those one-goal games. But, you know, they do battle back uh, from 2 nothing down in the first two minutes and 3-1 down following the first period to pick up a very important point and did a lot of really good things in this game. And hopefully they continue to build some confidence offensively. They've been scoring more goals and just keep fighting. Uh, it's going to be an uphill climb. It's, it's been that way for a little while now. They're four points out of a playoff spot, but they do have a game coming up against the Jets, and I just hope that they're able to stay in the hunt long enough to make that head-to-head matchup uh, an important one uh, as we head down the stretch here. But It's funny, I uh, re-watched Creed and Creed 2 on uh, Wednesday and Thursday because I knew I was going to go see Creed 3 on Friday. I can't tell you how many times I've seen uh, the six Rocky movies and the, the first two Creed movies. I'd say the same thing about uh, this movie that has been the 2022-2023 flame season. It feels like we've seen the same movie over and over and over again. Uh, And on occasion, there's a different ending. There's uh, a storybook ending, a happy ending. Tonight wasn't one of those nights, but one point's better than none. So uh, at least they got a point in the game. They were down by two goals in twice.
1: Thank you, gents. You're welcome, Patty. Peter Labargas, Derek Wills, signing off on this Saturday night. 6-5 in overtime, the final score. Flames fall to the Dallas Stars as we check in with head coach Daryl Sutter. Let's hear from Daryl game after a back-and-forth high-scoring affair.
7: What did you see of it tonight, Daryl? Uh, got their money's worth, that's for sure. I think they scored the two quick ones, and, and uh, you're down down a couple so fought back twice so take it
8: the overtime your team again allowing a goal and sort of
7: sort of bad goal so can't allow the long pass right? can't allow pass there to there our defense has got one guy you got to just kill the play
9: totally different
3: season last year these two teams barely scored against each other in the playoffs this oh, year you can't crazy, stop
7: crazy I said that this morning No, tonight there's 11 more unbelievable
4: Hard for us to tell as we raced down from the press boss. Was that a review from the league at the end
7: or on oh no, the overtime goal? They'd they called down automatically and said it was good. That's why I was, you know, okay. I'll just find out what they said. Okay. Because I just thought that, that they'd bump, they'd had bump marquee, but that's not referee's call and that's not a review, right? That's strictly a league call. Always, I just and that's why they, when I talked to them, they went over just to confirm it again. But even on the, and then on, that's funny, eh? So whether that's reviewable or whether that right, would have been the right call or not, even if you could review it, but, but uh, the goal they score, the uh, puck hits the net at the other end, the web, or up above the, s- the glass, right? But because it comes all the way down, it leaves the zone. It's not a, so technically, there should be a review for that too
4: talked all year about needing game breakers at different points, but uh, the Dallas Stars obviously had theirs, and Jason Robertson. Can you describe what it was yeah, like for your team? There's a, team? a
7: difference. Right. Difference in snipers for both teams, that's clear. But at the same time, when you look at the two teams, uh, I think they had 13 overtimes. <laughs> Coming in, we had 14. So it's not like they've done it all the time either. But, you know, they have some top-end snipers. We had op- the opportunity, so that's the bottom line I'm not I'm disappointed we didn't score. That's it. That's
8: what you tell your group when this theme of one-goal game sort of continues. Stay in the moment,
7: way. boys. Everybody's trying to push you away. Just stay right there.
10: Is your job as much psychologist keeping spirits up as as
11: exes? Yeah, both. just stay
7: focused on the next one. Right? That's what. You, that's how you win in this league. For sure.
4: Struck you about that pairing of Anderson and Weigerts, seems like the Uyghurs were
7: all over Yeah, I think Weigerts was, for sure. He had another awesome game.
1: There you go. That is head coach Daryl Sutter. Post game following tonight's 6 uh, 5 overtime loss to the Dallas Stars. Okay, phone lines are open at 403 240 4444. Text line is open at 960 960. Your phone calls, your text coming up around the corner. Uh, stay with us. It's Pat Steinberg along with you. Your Flames Talk post game available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. If you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings, Contact them today for a free estimate. For all things Basement T, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Your phone calls, your texts coming up next. 6-5 the final. Stars win in overtime and a wild one at the Dome. This is Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
0: Talk post-game show continues from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary.
1: Okay, final score, 6-5 in overtime. Dallas uh, comes back to beat the Flames here at the Scotiabank Saddledome on a Saturday night. Phone lines open, 403-240-4444. Text line, 960 We'll get to both in just a second. Uh, Flames talk post games available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, how about Rasmus Anderson's night? He had a goal, uh, a big one in the third period, and a couple of assists as well. Here's Rasmus Anderson post-game inside the Flames' locker room.
12: Tough one, obviously. Uh, you know, we had to post, we have a couple looks, and then um, I don't know. It's kind of a nothing play. It's also a awesome face-off for us, and they end up with a two-on-one, and then you know, he give he give Robertson an inch, and he uh, he takes it and he scores. So um, you know, tough game, and uh, yeah, that sucked. That's 15 single points for this. Group, what's it's made three-on-three three and beyond, I guess, so difficult for you guys? We just we haven't we haven't scored the goal. Um, you know, I think, you know, we, we have the looks. Uh, you know, I hit the post, back, so, uh, you know, almost a back to a tap in. And, um, so, you know, we have the looks. We just, uh, we're not putting them in. And it's, uh, you know, it's obviously frustrating that uh, we've lost 15 games in overtime.
8: Do you think maybe the team's approach sometimes in overtime is a little too passive given
12: no, I don't think anyone is passive in overtime when we lost fifteen. I don't think anyone is passive in overtime, no.
10: Daryl just said uh, the importance now, stay in the moment. Is that the way you have to look
13: at it now? You can't look at anything beyond that, can you?
12: No, you can't. Um you know, we, we it feels like I, you, you say it every time I talk to you guys, but it's you know, we gotta get every point we can get and uh we got one today and uh we got a big trip coming up uh where we uh need to get four points
7: make light of it anyway do you have any idea why you and Dallas seem to bring this out of each
12: other this season, or it's just goal after goal? Um, no. Uh, you know, I think uh, it's funny because last year in playoffs, uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, it was maybe 10 goals total in, in seven games. So, uh, uh, but you know, it's, uh, I think it's two, two teams uh, battling and uh, two competitive teams. And, uh you know, we kind of did it to them last time we were in Dallas. You know, we scored with what was it, two, three seconds left, and uh, they did it to us today. So uh, it's a tough pill to swallow. But uh, as I said, we got a big road trip coming up.
8: What, what enabled you and McKenzie to have great offensive nights
12: tonight, for Um, You know, I think we I think we think the game uh, pretty similar in the offensive zone. We want to hold the puck. We want to make plays. And uh, you know, Weeks had a great night tonight. And uh, and, you know, uh, especially the second period, you know, we felt good and uh, we ended up uh, contributing and, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of our job. So uh, we got we to gotta keep doing that and we got we to gotta keep playing.
1: That's Rasmus Anderson post game following tonight's 6-5 overtime loss to the Dallas Stars. It's uh, Flames Talk post game on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Pat Steinberg coming at you from the Doug Lacey's basement systems Hot Stove lounge here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line is open at nine 60 Let's take a look at the text for the first time tonight. We got lots of them. Um We'll see, uh, let's see what the temperature is after another overtime loss. Tough to wrap your head around, 4-12 and 3-on-3. And three three. Only Philly's got a worse record than the Flames do uh, at 3-on-3 three three overtime this season. Okay, Mike says, Flames aren't good enough and can't compete as a team, plus Codry hasn't done anything since he signed that huge contract. You know, I thought Codry had such a great start to his Flames career, and that is, that's why it all of a sudden got so frustrating to or has gotten as frustrating as it is to see kind of where he is at right now and pretty much ever since the all-star break where he's at they need this guy to be a difference maker positively on a night in night out basis and they can't have him on a somewhat regular basis like he has been of late being a difference maker in a bad way he was minus 2 tonight played just over he played just under 13 minutes on Thursday in Vegas just over 13 minutes tonight they need Nazem Kadri to pick it up and and i i don't know what The issue is, but they need it, and they need it bad without question. Um, Sam writes, Pat, another one goal and overtime loss. I'll give the Flames credit for battling back after that disaster of a start, but the Flames need to make amends with the post gods as they seem to hit it at least three to four times a night. Even if half of them turned into goals, the Flames would likely be in a comfortable playoff spot. Glad to see Dewar in the lineup. Rasmus had a heck of a game, but literally um, ditto again from our top guys, Kadri and Huberdo, who comes out to get Pelche back in. My vote, which pains me to say, would be Kadri because we need him to flip the script and maybe watching from the press box for a game does the trick. Thoughts? I'm not enamored with that. I just because of how delicate it it feels right now with the way Nazim is playing, I wouldn't go down that road. They need him to figure it out, no doubt about it, and he needs to get his game on track in a big way, um, but I think that there... I, I I, know Richie scored tonight. I think you could take him out, and I think that you could probably make an argument that Razichka could come out. I'm sorry, Jennifer, um, because... I didn't think that either of them, despite the goal that Richie scored, did a whole lot tonight. Uh, I do think bringing Pelche back in in the near future is something that they should do because I just I think he adds something to this group. I think he adds the enthusiasm, pace. Those are important things right now for this team. So I'd, I'd like to see him get back in Monday in Los Angeles. Um... This says I think it's time for Kadri to get a health, to get healthy scratched. He needs a reset. Uh, this from Prab. This team never practices three-on-three, and it shows. 20 seconds to go, offensive zone face-off, and to give up a goal against again, that's unacceptable. If they even semi-regularly worked on three-on-three, this is a playoff team. Shame they don't practice it enough, if not at all, knowing how many one-goal games the Flames have played. This team's so frustrating. That comes from Prab. Uh, appreciate the, the kind words at the end there as well, Prab. Thank you very much. Um. Yeah, and and look, I I can't speak to how or how how much they have or haven't practiced on the road, but they, they, yeah, we haven't seen a ton of three on three practice work here at at the dome i can't remember the last time they did work on three on three um but i also don't know how many how much other teams do so i'm not i'm not saying that the criticism is or isn't warranted i don't know how much other teams practice three on three or how much they they rely on video instead so um but yes three on three has been a sore spot that could end up being a big reason why they end up missing when it's all said and done here's will and bc thought the Flames played well, deserved a win, but you're not going to win many games with a 769 save percentage from your goalie. Ottinger wasn't even that great, but he was 868. If Markstrom's over 900, there's the two points you desperately need. The Flames aren't going anywhere with this level of goaltending. I'm sad because they're playing well. Markstrom gave them a chance to win. Five goals should give them a chance to win. Do you guys think the Flames need 10 to win? Actually, with this goaltending, maybe they do. Come on, Will. Was was tonight Jacob's best game? no. The the prior nine, he's been in a heck of a groove going into tonight. Um, the the prior eight, sorry, the prior eight starts. He was a nine twenty two goaltender. So yeah, was was tonight great? No, but well, you're the 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 confirmation bias all year on Markstrom. You haven't said a word about him positively in these last eight eight games where he won a game for him single handedly and was was nine twenty two in those eight starts, and yet all over him for a rough night. I'm not saying tonight wasn't rough. Of course it was. This is not one of his better games in the nine. Now, you know, it, it it was that type of night where neither goaltender was really great. But yeah, Jacob did not have his greatest game tonight. There's no doubt about it. But you know what? If... You're talking about a guy that gives you eight quality starts and then has a rough one and now can get back to that level again? Then you'll take it if you're the Flames. So that's the only pushback I'd have because I'm not going to sit here and push back that he played well tonight because he didn't, but it's Will and BC. And I, that, that's, that, that's one that I feel like you've had just all locked and loaded to go for the longest time, even while he was playing well. I, I just think that, you know, there, there needs to be a little credit where credit was due prior to these eight games. Now, uh, prior to tonight's game, rather. Now, body of work this season hasn't been good enough. I'm not going to dispute that. Um, this from Dylan in Revelstoke. I've mentioned this before, but I really enjoy how both Ryan Huska and Mitch Love break down and explain the game. I feel like they'd be great head... Uh, be a great head assistant coach combo in the future. Uh, I think the way Huberto, Markstrom, and Weger have been playing make the outlook for next year fantastic. Huberto wasn't great today, but I think he's been good lately. Lucky that our goalie's name is Jacob and not Jordan, or he would have gone and thrown his stick in some water bottles at Robertson and Pavelski, but not fought anyone. Yes, uh, I agree with that. All, all Jacob did was smash his stick, didn't throw a water bottle at uh, Nazem Kadri. Um, this says maybe start the game on time and you're not down 2 nothing. Agree. Uh, this says frustration is being a Flames fan. Plenty of opportunities to end overtime and get one of those proverbial monkeys off the back. Plus, didn't see any signs yet of Mangiapane cutting loose offensively. His defensive play is definitely not getting them into the playoffs. The talent on the team needs to start winning them games. The positive was the nastiness I saw when they needed to change momentum from a few players or it was just frustration not getting any breaks. Uh, this reads "Twas a solid game. I honestly can't say there was anything wrong with it. They were all around it. The posts are killing them, but there's still big chances. I do want to, in fact, point out that this season wasn't supposed to be make or break. It was said from the beginning that it's a two to three season attempt at the cup. This is just year one and we need to calm down and let things run their course. Um, and, and the one thing that I will say is the only thing not to like was that dismal first period that put them in a bad spot. Could have been a different story if they don't play the first period like that. Um... This says, uh, five goal posts tonight was the difference. I believe the flames deserve to win Huberto pointless again. Cadres in the dog house, Jake Ottinger looked horrible. Could see Dallas getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Again, the amount of overtime losses this season is embarrassing. Flames were not ready to start as they blinked and it was two, nothing all in all. I believe they should have won, but in typical this year, flames fashion, they don't. They're a frustrating team to watch. Uh, this from max at YYC at the airport, uh, tough loss against a weary stars team sloppy defensive game some perspective any combination of jets wins flames losses totaling 10 eliminates the flames playoffs are not happening this year yeah the elimination number is uh down to low double digits at this point um as uh we move towards the final stretch of the year 12 games to go for calgary this year um This says from Claude, Pat, on the positive side, they were able to come back, and usually they win when Anderson scores. There was a lot to like, but Robertson's a game-breaker, and they don't have that. Why no Codry in overtime? Lots of posts and chances in overtime. Um... At this point, I'm just hoping for entertaining hockey, and if they sneak into the dance, that's gravy. Um, as for Wino Khadri, because he played a really, really down game once again, I think is the, the main reason why. Um, and they need him to be better. That's going to be one of the constant... Um, Constant topics on tonight's show, I think. Larry says, Pat, how can this keep happening? Sure would be interesting to see where this team would be if Kadri or Huberdeau Huberdeau even played half as good as they did last year. They would be comfortable in a playoff spot. So angry and sad. There you go on the text line at 96960. We'll get back to the text a little bit later on, but right now give us a call. Got one line open if you want to jump in with us on our Flames Talk post game. 403-240-4444 is your phone number and the text line is 96960. It's Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Flames Talk post game 6-5 in overtime. Final score Flames fall to the Dallas Stars. Uh, to the phone lines we go kicking us off. Off is Wedley what's going on, Wedley?
11: hey Pat how's it going?
1: Good man how are you
11: Ah, interesting game. How dare these flames two games back they're back three out of four points playing exciting hockey not allowed i'm well, I'm teasing somebody, but that's okay. It's all good um I'm sure he'll call in later, <laughs> but anyways um it's tough because. 15, if you win even half those overtime games, you're in a playoff spot right now, right? But I like the fact they came back. I like their pushing back. But to quote Andy Murray, the old LA Kings coach, details, details, details. You can't be sloppy, sloppy to start the game. You can't be sloppy. you got to be aware who's out there. I know Jason Robertson's an incredible player, but I'm not putting the loss on those guys. It happens. But, man, like when you season on the line, these little things – It all adds up, and they're not going to miss the playoffs because, you know, there's many other games. (laughs) It's not just one game, but, man, uh, that's a tough one today. Uh, I actually had a quick question for you because I heard Sutter bring it up because my buddies were at the game. He actually texted me. They both said, or the one guy said, so the puck did hit the net on the Dallas fifth goal, but you can't review that, I know, but could Sutter have pushed back on the refs a little bit and said, like, you guys – could anything have been done, or no? Once it's missed, it's missed. I'm assuming. Yeah, and it
1: was it was missed. They they could it was missed, but then the the puck exited, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's that yeah. part. Yeah. So because the puck exited, uh, okay. then it's not review reviewable. If the puck stayed in the zone. When oh that's the difference. Then okay. then that review is in place, but similar to offside. Um, yeah. When when the puck exits, all of a sudden it's just a missed call. You know.
11: Oh, okay. Okay. Not too bad. I'm gonna jokingly blame the wave has like, that's the one thing I agree with Pinder on. Of course the wave happens and Dallas scored. Literally, I always I wish they would do the wave in the first period, but whatever. That's just a joke <laughs> thing, but. I, uh, that's Pinder's thing, and I agree. I agree with him. They do. They do the wave, and Dallas scored literally 30 seconds later, whatever it was. But oh well, whatever. It is what it is. I'm still a believer, and don't dream it's over. Still on a point streak, but uh, I guess we all that still are hanging on and clinging on are the biggest St. Louis Blues fans tomorrow. Um, that's who Winnipeg plays. But you said the magic number is now below 10.
1: Uh, no, it's at uh, low double digits. Uh, oh, low double digits right okay. now. Yeah, I believe. I think it's at ten, uh, ten and a half. I think is is what the okay. elimination number is. So uh, the Flames yeah. have twelve games to go. Uh, I'll just uh, I'll just calculate it for you on the fly, just because it's you. Um, so seventy-seven plus twenty-four.
12: Yeah, it's ten and a half.
1: So ten and a half is the elimination number, uh, which means okay. any combination of. Uh, so wins for uh, wins for Winnipeg, Winnipeg regulation losses for Calgary yeah. drops that number by one, and then yeah. overtime shootout losses either way drops it by that .5. So uh, 10.5 okay. is what it's at right now. We're, we're getting down to short straws. No, for
11: sure. And I know it's a long shot and I'm having fun with my song and teasing others, but I don't know. My recommendation, if this is the last 12 games, people just enjoy it because – I'm not going to get into it. There's been some nastiness in the hockey world today. I saw on, uh, people can find it on Twitter. Just look up a certain California team. So this is a nice distraction. If you went to the game today, it was entertaining. It sucks we lost. I'll do my deconstruction of the team when the season is over. There's no point picking and choosing after a win and a a loss. But the one thing I'm really disappointed, you know, I know it's easy to pick on them now, but... Sutter was the one that kept saying his Stanley Cup guys, and two of them, Lucic and Kadri. I'm just, you have these cups. We need you now. This yep. is the time. We I know the team. The team as a whole put them in this position, but this is not the time. I, I and actually, I had one question about Kadri. Sure, I find he hasn't been the same since the Truva hit. Do you agree or
1: disagree? I well, that was that, that was that was I I. To me, he hasn't been the same since the break. It was yeah, the same game. It's it the same yeah. game, though, right? Yeah. That, that was the oh, first game out that. of the break. Yeah. So, yeah. so maybe you're. I. I so maybe it I is the, the true of
11: out there. Like I don't know if he's injured or or something or you know. But I just find he hasn't been the same since that.
1: You know? i i He has not looked anywhere near uh as as impactful a player of uh, mm-hmm. late as as he did prior to the all star break and and they need yeah. him they like this not just because he 's their highest paid player right now but because yeah. they need him he 's one of their most important players on the team
11: yeah, and he should not be on the floor. like I know why he was on that line, but uh, not this time of the year we we need him and i 'm sorry he 's not going to get benched um I mean, sorry, they're not going to sit him for a game, but we, we need him. If we're any chance of making the playoffs, so we, we need him. Like, for sure. Um, you know, I'm so Huberto, I, I agree with Lubardius. I think we'll, we'll see him bounce back next year. Glad to see Uyghur have a nice reset. But, yeah, the Cadre one, that just mystifies. I don't know. I just, that's just my own theory. I, don't, I, I just find he hasn't been the same. And maybe
1: thing you're right. Yet. Like, I, I honestly yeah. don't know, but you could yeah. be bang on.
11: We won't know anything until the end of the season anyway if they tell us. But uh, just something I thought about. But anyways, I'll let you get to other callers. And, yes, George, I'm just teasing you. Don't get upset. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, It was just funny that someone got mad after the Vegas game. It's all good. I admire his passion, Roberts, and all the other ones. But I'm still holding out hope, man. And we'll see how it goes on Monday against the Kings. Thanks, Wed. Yeah, take care, buddy. Yeah, Appreciate
1: it, pal. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following tonight's uh 6-5 overtime loss to the Dallas Stars. Robert up next. What's up, Robert? Uh hey,
8: Pat. How you doing?
1: Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Uh You know, obviously,
8: you know, I guess there's really no point in getting into the start. I mean, the start was bad. It was obvious. I mean, two goals 2 minutes in. That's that's bad, period. It's not really, not really any of the, I mean, you can't really say much else to that. Um, I thought, you know, overall, you know, I, it, it was nice to see them fight back, you know, take the lead a couple of times. But for me, I think one of the biggest Achilles heels this year for this team has been losing one goal games, whether it's been, whether it be overtime, regulation shootout, vice versa, whatever to me just not just not 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 finding ways to somehow scratch out more points in those games has has really hurt them
1: for sure um they have what they've played 41 one goal games and lost 26 of them that's that's no 15 of them they've gotten a point in but that's still 26 games that you have lost when you've when you've gotten uh when, when you've been within a goal like that's that's not how you want it to go, that's for sure
8: yeah, um on um, obviously you know and they're hearing that you know the opinions that oh cadredre needs to be scratched or benched, sat in the press box No, to me tady he he hasn't been he hasn't he hasn't been great this year but but i mean the uh, like the previous caller, they said they're if they're gonna have any chance then they they're gonna need Kadri down the stretch. In these last twelve games, um, I think uh, obviously it was uh, it was nice to see that uh, they put uh, a doer back in tonight. But I but I, I was a little surprised that they sat a Lucic tonight. What are
1: your thoughts there? I think it was something that needed to happen. His game has really, really fallen off over the last little bit. He he had been he'd been a pretty effective player, kind of in December and January for what he was being asked to do. But it's it's really, really dropped off. So I I thought it was the right call to, to bring him out. I did.
8: Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. And i got a I got a couple more for you because I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a lot of callers. Um, I mean, twelve games. To go. I mean, we all know the math's not great. Personally, at this point, in my opinion, do I think they'll get in? No. Could they? Yes. But ultimately, I think one way or another. And I think it. And I think I might have said this to you previously was that you know this is this is year one after the after uh, after the off season and uh, with uh, quite a few new players. And I've and I've said it before. If they don't make it. To me, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge this team based off uh one season. I will I'm really I'll really be interested to see see what they do next year with these uh, uh with these new guys. Um mm-hmm. that's one and then uh this is my uh, my last point is, you know, I thought again, uh I thought Backlund was decent tonight. I mean he had a he had a couple chances. Um Markstrom again, and he's he he he's taken a lot of heat this year, and i i will be the first to say, I and mean, the, the last the, the last I think the last nine starts, this has been this has been his only I guess you could say, subpar start, and even then, and even then Calgary still got a point.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they definitely this was not Jacob's best game of his last nine appearances. But the the eight prior to that, he's been pretty good. So we'll see what he does. I'm guessing he'll go against L.A. and we'll see how uh, we'll see how that plays out.
8: Yeah, no, uh, now considering it's a back to back L.A. Anaheim, this is uh, do you th- do you do you think considering their position, do they even consider starting starting Vladar the second half in
1: I think they have a, to. I, I think that I, I, I think you I think you still need to manage your workload. I don't think that you can just go with the same guy the entire way. I know that it's not a tough back to back, but I, I would I would start Vladar and I, I think that it's something that they have to do or at the very least think about. I get it jacob is the guy they're riding until the end of the year is their number one and and i understand that but i still think that there would be plenty of reason to get vladar into that second game uh on the road in uh on the road in anaheim all right well yeah, that's uh that's all i got for you tonight there pat and uh, i'll uh talk to you soon bud Okay, Robert, appreciate the call, my friend. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 6-5 overtime loss to the Dallas Stars. Let's say hello to James on our Flames Talk post game. What's up, James? Hi, good evening. How you doing tonight? I'm well, sir.
14: Well, I watched the game on the TV tonight, and I could tell you, I really liked how uh, Markstrom played. I know it wasn't his best play, but they have to give him support, too, you know, he's He's trying. He's he's really trying. And, you know, he's, he's, he's got to get more support.
1: I mean, they did give him five goals tonight. So I, I will I will say tonight, offensively, like, they, they probably held up their end of the bargain. Now, I, I thought that Jacob, um, I mean, you take a look at the goals that were scored. First goal was a, a pretty egregious breakdown. The second goal was just bad luck on, on everybody involved. Third goal was a redirect. Uh, the fourth goal I would put on him and I thought he struggled on, uh, because he kicked out two really juicy rebounds that ended up, uh, the third on the third shot ended up going in fifth goal. Again, that was a pretty egregious breakdown in front of him and the overtime goal. That's a sniper. So I, I didn't think Jacob was poor tonight. But I did not think it was his best night, and they did give—they did score five. So you'd think now this is not just a Jacob Markstrom thing, but you'd think that when you score five, you should have had enough to win the game. That's not just on the goaltender, but you—you'd think that scoring five, you should be able to come away with two points.
10: Yeah,
9: yeah well,
14: that's yeah, yeah, but and uh, I think it's—I think it's going to depend on Monday. But I think uh, I think if he has a really good game on Monday, I think they're going to keep him in there. As long as they keep him in there, and I don't know if he's going to get a rest till the end of the season. You see, they got to, they almost got to win every game, eh?
1: I mean, yeah, but I still think Dan Vladar gives you a chance to win too, and and so I I think I think they should split the goalies uh, in California, regardless of how Monday goes. I'd go Jacob Monday, Dan on Tuesday. That's what I would do. I know that you need to ride your number one guy. I just think Vladar does. Not only deserves a start on his own merit, but I think that you also need to manage your goaltenders here down the stretch. But we'll see what they do, James. I'm really curious to see how that plays itself out.
14: No problem. That's all I have to say. And uh, my mother and me want to say, you know, say to you have a great. night. you do a bang up job every time every time you're on the radio.
1: Let's uh, do this. Phone lines open, 403-240-4444. Text line open, 960-960. More of your phone calls, more of your texts as we continue along on this Saturday night into Sunday morning. It's a post postgame show, 6-5 in overtime, Dallas beats Calgary. My name is Pat Steinberg. Let's head back inside the Flames locker room. Rasmus Anderson, goal and a uh, goal and two assists in this game, and his defense partner, Mackenzie Weaker, a goal and two assists. Let's hear from Mackenzie postgame inside the Flames locker
10: Room.
13: Yeah, I guess uh, I mean a lot of the games that we played against them were kind of like that. Um, obviously, I think the most noticeable thing for us was our start, um, but we did a good job climbing back in the game. And then it's you know, it's the same thing in uh, you know, battling down to the last minute going into OT, it just comes down to you know, one play, and um, we got to start making that play.
3: When it comes to overtime, is confidence an issue?
13: Uh, no, I don't think so. I think there's lots of confidence with those players on the ice. Um, you know, I, I thought we had some, you know, good chances um, in overtime to, to win, but, um, you know, we came up short. We just got to find a way to make that play.
2: So it's
3: not at the point where you guys like, feel like you have to win in 60?
13: Uh, no, no. Um, we got to just win, and we got to find a way to win and uh, win every game going forward. What,
4: what do you think the issue's been in overtime? Like, obviously. You know, single points wasn't the category
13: yeah. you thought you'd be leading the league <coughs> in. So what's been the issue after 60? Scoring. Uh, just finding a way to score that one goal. Mm, that's basically what it comes down to, just that one goal. Is
8: there an approach maybe that has to change in those situations against
13: Um, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I thought we did a good job hanging on to the puck in overtime. You know, if we're going to shoot it, it's got to be a great A chance. Um, but like I said, it just comes down to making that one play and finishing on that play. What do you do to pick
5: yourselves
2: up and keep spirits up? Like, you <coughs> see a point lost, right? I'm assuming you see this night as
13: a point lost as opposed to a point you're going Yeah, I mean, we're big boys in here. Um, you know, we do a good job, um, you know, keeping the positivity and keeping the confidence high. And, you know, what are we going to do? Dwell on it and let it crush us? No, we got, we, we got, you know, 12 or 11 games. I don't know what it is, but we got to win. And we got to keep going here.
9: Even in a losing effort, can you describe what it was like playing with Ras tonight? You both at least had some decent performances offensively.
13: Yeah, uh, yeah, we just trying to help the team win. Um, Yeah, that's basically that. We just we just want to win. I I know
11: it's tough to get into after a loss, but we've heard lots of great things about your play of late. You know, from Mm -hmm.
4: Daryl again this morning. What's brought it out of you? Do you think uh, of late, and what have you liked
11: about your kind of recent stretch?
13: Maybe just some comfortability, um, confidence, RAS, the whole team. Um, you know, I, we've, we've been playing in a good stretch here. It's just coming down to, you know, that one play. So, um, you know, it, I don't, it's tough to talk about my play after a loss or after a win, and it comes down to everybody in this room. And, you know, I want to win just as bad as any other guy in the room.
1: That is Mackenzie post postgame following his team's 6-5 overtime loss to Dallas Wieger with a goal, a big goal to get the comeback started in a lot of ways and two assists in this 6-5 overtime loss to the Dallas Stars. Uh, tonight's Alberta-made player of the game brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery in the pregame show. We selected Tyler Toffoli. Uh, Toffoli had an assist to uh, up his career-high points total to 61. Uh, he played 19 Four shots, six attempts, uh, had one takeaway, and went one for one on the faceoff dot. That was the night for Tyler Toffoli, our Alberta-made player of the game. Okay, call now, 403-240-4444. Text now, nine sixty nine sixty. Flames lose 6-5 to the Stars in overtime. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flamestock post-game show. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. And we're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. If you have Cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Contact them today for a free estimate. For all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Let's go back inside the uh, Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time tonight. Elias Lindholm continues to play some really good hockey. Another multi-point game for Calgary's number twenty-eight. Flames lose six-five in a shootout to the Dallas Stars. Here's a post-game thoughts from Lindholm.
6: How would you sort of summarize that night? Tough first twenty, last forty we were dominating and and uh, just got the one point. That's it.
8: What has to change in the overtime approach given the number of points
15: left on the field? Of the lives?
6: I don't know. If I had an answer, I would give it to you. So there's
15: one that it feels more like a drop point than a game point.
6: Yeah, we need to. And and uh, rough start and and last uh, last forty were playing well. Uh, probably should have won in in regular time, but. Uh, Got the one point and, and that
8: was it. What uh, you mentioned, you didn't like obviously the first twenty.
9: What what contributed to the slow start tonight?
6: No, I don't know. I think we came out flat, and, and obviously Dallas were uh, dominating the whole period. And, and uh, I don't know. It could have been, could have been more than and those goals, and, and obviously a lot of odd man rushes, four on ones, and, and two on ones, and stuff like that. So it's it's tough to win if you play like that.
2: Has the, like, does the lack of success in overtime, does that weigh on you guys after 60 minutes, or is it easy to forget?
6: I mean, obviously, it's, uh, obviously if you would have a different record and, and win more, you have a better, better confidence going into the OT. And, and obviously, we, we're trying, but uh, you know, uh, right now, we can't, uh, can't find, find a way to, to win an OT. And uh, if I had an answer, I'll, I'll change something for sure.
1: That's Elias Lindholm post-game frustrated Elias Lindholm after a 6-5 OT loss to the Dallas Stars. So uh, we have heard from Elias Lindholm, Mackenzie Weger, Rasmus Anderson, and head coach Daryl Sutter. We've heard live from assistant coach... Ryan Huska, and Blake Coleman. Uh, comprehensive post-game coverage that you only get right here on your Flamestock post-game show. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Steinberg along with you. Let's get back onto the text line before we wrap things up on the phone lines. Nine sixty nine sixty, where Jerry in Vancouver Island says, I've now reached the point of I don't care. I'm signing off until draft day this from Tim. Pat, what are your thoughts on Coach Sutter? Coach of the year last year but maybe it was the team. This year coaching should be making a difference but lots of breakdowns. Guys leaving people alone in front of the net and breakaways. Also on the broadcast tonight they mentioned a few times how the fourth line was out against the Stars top line. Why? The Flames have last change at home and he should be making sure the fourth line doesn't get caught. I know he likes to roll all the lines but you're in survival mode and need to have the best players out as much as you can. Yeah, there's been some, there have been some instances for fine usage has been one of them. Um, some, some lineup decisions that have been made that, that have been head scratchers on the outside where yeah, there, there have been some times this year where it's been, it's been kind of interesting to try to wrap your head around a, a decision that Daryl's made. Um, so yeah, I don't think, look, There are a number of contributing factors or a number of areas to point the finger at in terms of why the Flames are, where they are this season, and coaching is one of them. Like, it's not the only reason. You know, the the poor goaltending they got for the first three quarters of the season and Huberto's slow adjustment and Cadre's drop-off and and Lindholm's slow adjustment to a new line and some other things. Those have also contributed. But yeah, I think, you know, roster construction, sure. Uh, Coaching, absolutely. Players not playing to their potential, yeah. Those would be the three areas that you'd point to as to why the Flames are where they are. 70 games into the season now uh this from tj pat i was at the game obviously frustrating but i thought the officials were subpar and have been all around the league not just calgary i was in the uh, attacking zone and i was positive the puck hit the mesh in the third period before dallas scored their fifth goal to tie it up is that not reviewable and was there not goaltender interference on the overtime goal why isn't it um why wasn't it challenged or given a longer look dallas didn't play a clean game to warrant only one penalty okay so a few things there so on the i do believe that the puck did hit the mesh before the fifth goal but the rule states that if it hits the mesh they miss it and then the puck exits the offensive zone and comes back in that it would um it's not reviewable, kind of similar to offside. You know, they feel like if it it hits the mesh and then instantly leads to a goal, then it's a reviewable play. But if the puck exits the zone and then comes back in, that's no longer reviewable. So that would be the the first part. As for the second part on... um, why wasn't it challenged in overtime? That's an NHL review. Uh they reviewed it and said there was no goaltender interference. So that's that's kind of the, the two situations there. Uh did I think it was the greatest, um officiated game tonight? No, not necessarily. I thought that there were um there were some uh, there were some moments where I thought it was not the the most well officiated game tonight. I, I would say that much. Um, this says let's not forget Markstrom's let them down more than not this season. Uh, he's played nine OK games. Big deal. He should have multiples of that. Look, there's nothing that's going to be able to um, change the first three quarters of the season for Jacob. He has not been good enough over the body of work, but in the most important time of the year where they've needed him the most, he has been able to get his game um, back on uh, back on track. Uh, this from Mike and the boys in Fernie, BC. Uh, love Fernie. The Flames can't overcome adversity in overtime during the regular season. I don't see them doing well in the playoffs if they even make it. The only thing is, is that in the playoffs, there's no three-on-three overtime. It's back to playing five on five and five on five is generally uh where the flames play their best did want to uh just uh give a shout out to will and bc uh he wrote in earlier and uh i kind of thought that he was taking a little bit too much of a run at jacob markstrom he did text back and say you know it's not necessarily 100 percent fair i gave him credit on a couple of the games where he's played really well and, and to will's point he did so i just wanted to make sure that i i balanced that out because uh will's a regular texter and i love that guy so uh appreciate him continuing to listen from B.C. Um, This says stellar, stellar game, but the Flames talk the talk. They can't seem to walk the walk when it comes to overtime. That's the issue goaltending needs to get fixed but the D needs to stop hanging the goalies out to dry uh this reads at this point it all falls on the players Daryl has not been the problem he hasn't changed it all from last year Huberto and Kadri have to wake up Wieger and Markstrom have figured it out finally this team needs its big guns firing to be successful again I don't think you can absolve anybody and I think Daryl's made his fair share of missteps this season I I feel um I feel very confident in saying that. Um, so there you go. That's the text line at 960-960 on this Saturday night. Let's get back to the phone lines. Great stuff on the text line, as always. Let's get back to the phone lines for our final three calls on this Saturday as the Flames fall 6-5 in overtime to the Dallas Stars. Starting with Terry.
9: What's going on, Terry? hi Pat. How are you? Good, pal. How are you? Not bad. Hey, uh observation you can tell me if i'm crazy or not it seems to me that uh markstrom barks a lot at the referees so is it possible that they just ignore him because he goes after him quite uh, a lot compared to some other players
1: ignore i mean what like ignore him how
9: like if, well if if uh mark goes after him says maybe there was goalie interference and you can see him uh talking yeah to the but it, they
1: they that's not their uh that that's a that has nothing to do with like for instance tonight um that's a booth review from the n h l Well, yeah uh, and so. overtime
9: but he, he he got after him in the third period i was, i think it was too and so maybe they go, if it's a close call, well, too bad for you because you're after us all the time. It happens all the time in basketball, so that's why I'm wondering. I,
1: I don't think so. And I, I honestly, from from my vantage point, I don't think Jacob barks at the official uh, – that. Uh, um, Any more than other goalies do. Um, It had the last two games. He was all over him for the 2-2 game. uh, The 2-2 goal rather in Vegas. Which should have been an icing I think. Uh, and, And he was mad at them once. On an icing call that was waved off. I believe in the second period, or maybe it was the first period even tonight. uh no, it was the second period that he was upset about an icing call in the the game tonight but i i don't I don't feel like he barks at the officials all that much. He smashes his stick a lot, he gets emotional for sure, but i i don't i I haven't got that sense myself
9: okay, that's fine. uh I just happened to be looking at the stat sheet, and I find this really amazing and one of the issues is why we're going to to so many overtime games. Well, let me just read this off to you. Tyler Toffoli has 19 goals uh, even strength. Elias Lindholm only has 10. Nazem Kadri has 12. Backlund has 12, 11, sorry. And Huberdo only has 11. So if you're top players are, are scoring except for uh to less less than 13 goals in 70 games even strength now that should give you an idea why we've gone to overtime so many times
1: well i mean just period they have not scored a whole lot this year so it's it and and their top players haven't scored um uh, you know, at, at the type of rate that, um, or, or a few of them either. I mean, Tyler Toffoli's having a great year. Michael Backlund's been quite productive based on what they are. Lindholm has has been down, but has still been one of their highest scorers. But Cadre's numbers way down from last year. Huberto's numbers way down from last year. And when you've got, you know, next year, those guys are going combine, to combine for $17.5 million on the salary cap. And and you pay those guys to be your offensive leaders they have not been by and large the offensive leaders this year so yeah you're gonna you're gonna struggle when you're not a team blessed with a ton of high-end talent to begin with the strength of this team is more about them kind of being the sum of their parts and more about them being a group that that you know comes at you in waves as opposed to the top-end talent winning the day so when you're built like that and your top of the depth chart guys don't lead the way offensively, or don't drive the bus offensively. Yeah, you're going to be in a lot of one goal games, or or you're not going to win anywhere near as much as people thought you would.
9: And, and I keep saying this, and I think it's uh, becoming truer and truer. On paper, we may have a team that's uh, that's upper echelon on paper, but you can have individuals within that on paper that don't mesh well with the other players even though on paper they're supposed to be a great team maybe it's the um the makeup actually of the team itself that's causing the issue is that some of these players just don't play well with these other players whether they're great or not sometimes you get put on a team where you actually can't uh perform the way you expect to be
1: yeah i mean Chemistry has not been a strong suit for a good chunk of this year, um, and and I don't think that that means that it won't be next season. But this year it has been a, an issue for them, and they've uh, there's you know there's some there's a couple players that have found that Lindholm and Toffoli, uh, Backlund and Coleman. But, you know, Anderson and, and Weger are really starting to turn into a nice pairing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been an issue for him for a good chunk of the season, Terry. So, I uh, appreciate it, pal. Yep. Let's, uh, Be well.
9: Talk to you next time. Have a good one.
1: Okay. We'll talk soon, man. Two more calls before we wrap things up on this Saturday night. Uh, let's say hello to Alan on the Flames Talk postgame show. What's up, Alan? Hey. I, I'm just uh... – Curious is, is there some sort of league-wide conspiracy here against the Flames?
15: Uh, the Jets, the Jets, and, and the Predators absolutely dragged that thing into overtime today, with the intention of, of getting the, the you know the loser point, and just to screw up the Flames. Did, is, did that look?
1: Alan, new? do you really do you really think that Nashville is going into their game and saying, you know what, let's let the Jets back in so that we can screw the Flames? No, Nashville's fighting for their playoff lives and and so is Winnipeg. They, they don't care about what the Flames are doing. But they want the Flames to be the odd man out. It you know, it just it it's No, they don't. They want to be the team that makes the playoffs. They 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 want to be a playoff team. I can guarantee you that Winnipeg and Nashville's motivation is not, "Oh, I want to get in just to stick it to Calgary."
15: Yeah, I don't know. Okay, well anyway, <clears throat> and my other point is uh Markstrom, again, with, with Markstrom. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, on that overtime goal, he looked like he was more concerned with trying to draw a goaltender interference penalty than he was in trying to stop the puck. You know, like, he, he, and, then, and then, like your previous caller said, he, he, he goes after the referees and, and whines and complains so much. And, and it's starting to look like the boy who cried wolf. Like, you know, I, I'm sorry, but I just, it, it's starting to get old.
1: I don't know. I and, and maybe maybe I maybe I'm not seeing it the same way as lots of other people are, and that's fine. Because um, sometimes I don't pick up because I don't watch uh, every game on TV, and, and I so I don't see things quite the same way as as you might see them or other people. I I haven't. I haven't picked up on that the same way. I do know the last two games he's given the officials a hard time, but I haven't picked up on that the same way. But that's okay. I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, I don't think that he was trying to draw an interference penalty. I think he he did try to make the stop, but obviously didn't.
15: Yeah. And, you know, and the smash and the stick at the end of the game. and You know, like – it, like i say it's it's starting to lose its impact and i you know like I, just, I don't
1: think he does it i don't think he does it for impact i think he does it because he's angry well
15: okay but uh, anyway that's that was just something i had to get off my chest but anyway okay that's uh that's all i had to say tonight thanks very much
1: all right alan be well buddy um yeah you know, i i uh <laughs> i do um I don't think that Nashville and Winnipeg's motivation is we want to do it. We're going to do everything we can just to make sure Calgary doesn't make it. Only one of those two teams is going to make it. Winnipeg, Nashville, Calgary, all they care about is being that final playoff team in the Western Conference. Final call tonight is Parsons. What's up, Pars? Hey, brother. How are you? Good, man. Yeah, uh, tough game.
10: Back and forth. Uh, two good goalies in that tonight. They both battled pretty good.
1: I mean, they let in um, 11. I don't know if it, this is not a goaltending battle tonight. Yeah, but I think what we have to understand is on
10: both sides, we're really good goalies, so regardless of the Agree outcome, on that so, front.
1: I, I agree uh, yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly there.
10: So, you know, that means anything can happen, right? So um, I don't know. Yeah, once I knew Dallas tied it up 5-5, I I knew we were in trouble going into overtime. So, just based on the record, but um, yeah, so it's a little bit uh, heartbreaking for sure because I think we have maybe one more loss to give um, before we're out of it. And the winning. So they are. Was,
1: so yeah. so they are right now. Um, four, one, and two in their last seven games. Mm-hmm. So they've got twelve to go. Um, yeah. So if they can, if they go four one and one in their next two six game stretches, that would uh, just off the top of my head, that would get them uh, eight wins. Uh, that's sixteen points. I get them eighteen points, uh, which would get them up to what? That would get them to ninety five, right? And I think they'd at the very least be, they would be right there. It could, it could. Um, it could. I don't think so, but either In way. All de- I mean, it um, all depends on what Winnipeg does. I mean, right now, Winnipeg is on pace um, with mm. their points percentage. They're on pace for, uh, I'm so bad at this, but 164 possible points times .579. Uh, they're on pace for between 94 and 95. So, you know, 95 right. might give the Flames a chance, but they'd have to go 8-2-2 two and two to get there.
10: Well, either way, um, I'm not uh, I'm not dumping on Markstrom tonight. Um, the one thing that Markstrom has been actually giving them is good goaltending lately. I know that doesn't excuse the rest of the season, um, but no, but he's definitely what, what, he's
1: definitely got his game back on track. Yeah, and one thing's becoming clear
10: is that you know Marky hasn't been a big problem. I mean, he was, but I mean in a sense that this team doesn't have any finishers. And it's it just, with his good goaltending the last little while, it just, it kind of... Kind
1: you're of, you're um, saying it kind of underlines their yeah, lack yeah, of it scoring? Yeah, that's kind of
10: amplifies the fact that, Yeah, that's, you know,
1: that's, that's, not, that's not unfair, although, I mean, you take a look at his last two starts, they scored 12 times.
10: Yeah, well, okay, there's, there's a couple of outliers, but... In general, I mean, you know, Tyler Toffoli is our leading scorer. That that
1: shouldn't be, you know. It's just, it's, it's funny. I'm just going, I'm, I'm looking right now. So, in his last, so he started nine straight. So, uh, since since then, um, they scored 1 0 5 0 1 5 3 7 5. So they have scored a little bit more, especially in the the back half of these nine straight starts.
10: Yeah, you can't set your watch to it. That's for sure. Very but true. He ha he has been giving them remarkable goal goaltending, in my opinion. Um, it it's, it just it kind of shows the weakness on this team, though. Like there's no finishers. We have no finishers on this team. You know, um, if Tyler to you know. We have guys like Lindholm who had an outlier season last year. We have guys like Kadri who had an outlier season last year. Even if you look at Kadri, Patty, I mean, he's actually on pace for his career totals and points per game and goals. Mm-hmm. So if we're paying for the guy to do his job, he's actually doing his job.
1: Well, but like no. To, to to bank on an no, outlier season. No, no, no. I disagree completely. Points are just part of the package when it comes to Kadri. He has not been the defensive player that he is capable of being. He has not been the emotional leader that he's capable of being, especially since the All-Star break. It ain't just points, goals, and assists. They need a whole lot more from Kadri.
10: I gave you that. I gave you that. Like, I'm very underwhelmed by him. Um, And, you know, he was brought in on a good contract, and he needs to be doing way better – um, I'm a lot more worried about the Huberto contract. That guy looks disinterested. I've I've never seen a. So in my opinion, there's like elite players, there's complementary players, and then there's a guy like Huberto, which I think is like a kind of like a top shelf complimentary player. And he's he's an absolute dumpster fire this year. Um, I've never seen a player take 70 games to get adjusted, ever. And I've been watching hockey a long time like i'm i'm pretty worried about this it it's his compete level that worries me patty like i understand why florida gave him up so quickly because after the their playoffs and how they quote unquote needed that change of uh you know attitude in the in the room i get it now like people used to worry about johnny and chucky going into the playoffs and do we have those guys to take us to the next level well yeah
1: I don't. I. I. have trouble questioning somebody's compete level because. Well, uh, you can I, just I, see it. I. I, I, mean... I. don't. I don't see it. Um. I. I really don't. And I. Uh, I know that there are sometimes frustrating plays that he makes, but I don't. I don't look at Huberto as a guy who doesn't care or doesn't try or doesn't compete. I don't. Um. That's. That's not been an issue. I think he's far more often tried to force things due to the opposite uh, as opposed to what you're talking about you know the other part that you talk about you know the being worried about the contract and the adjustment time I think that's that's fair i I think they owe it to themselves well they don't really have much of a choice but they owe it to themselves to see if there is see if next season is, is has the potential of being a whole lot better than season number one but the one one part that I'll uh, push back on because I agree I mean yeah you being worried about the contract is fair and being worried about the lack of production is fair I just the, I, I'd push back a little bit on on him not competing that's all
10: well I just i I don't know man I just I don't see I don't see a playoff competitor in his performance. That's, that's all Well, right. yeah, but
1: everybody thought that Matthew Kachuk was this incredible. I'm not like this is not. I, I'm Jonathan Huberto's reputation is not being a playoff performer. That was one of the things that plenty of people said coming uh, off the trade. Is that you know this guy hasn't gotten it done in the playoffs. But um, I just I, I refer you back to Matthew Kachuk who everything that we saw from him in the regular season would lead you to believe this guy is going to move mountains in the playoffs uh, he was maybe the most underwhelming player in every single one of his playoff series yeah, he's ever I'll played give you that man. I'll give you that. No, like for real. I'll give you that. I mean, he didn't. Uh, you want to? I, uh, I don't even think. I don't even think Johnny Gaudreau and and Matthew Kachuk are on the same on the same plane when it comes to their disappointments in the playoffs. Johnny scored big. Johnny scored uh, huge playoff goals. I mean, not only Game he, Seven. He remember, last year, like, yeah. well, no, he scored a huge Game Three goal against Anaheim in his first year. Like Johnny, Johnny, he scored a couple of big ones in the bubble. Like Johnny's been decently productive in the playoffs. Matthew Kachuk was nothing but a disappointment in the playoffs in all three, all okay, all four, I guess, of, of the playoff rounds that he played, or so, playoff uh, years uh, that he played. Yeah, for sure, man. I
10: mean, I, I guess I'll just put it this way. Like, if, if you take, you know, all these guys, like, in and weeks has been doing awesome. I'm so happy for him. Anderson's been coming a long way. I'm surprised he's not wearing a letter. Um if you take all of these guys' career averages it's not that great a team on paper you know if, if you think about it and if you take career averages and you really put it out there besides some outlier seasons last year i hear, like what, you're Lynn, I hear yeah, what
1: you're saying i hear what you're saying and yet Coleman. and yet pars as we wrap up i know yeah. that you were i know that you were pretty stoked about this team coming into the season so were we completely off it. base were we completely off base yeah, I think we were. I, I, I'm I, not willing to say that yet. I'm not willing to say that yet, and I'm, I'm not willing to say that until we see what happens next year. Uh, I think it's it's worth it to see what happens in in year two with the, with this kind of new group. We'll see. I appreciate parse I got to move on. I got to wrap. I got to wrap, brother. Take man. Take care, man. Okay. Be well. Talk soon, pal. You too, man. That'll wrap us up on the phone lines on this Saturday night as well. Great stuff on the phone lines. Great stuff on the text line. As always, tough loss, 6-5 in overtime. Flames fall to the Dallas Stars. Uh, time for your final summary on this Saturday night. Back and forth we went. Let's get to it. Buckle up, it's a longer one. Uh, Stars had a great start to this game. As before, the game was two minutes old. They had a two nothing lead. First of all, Joe Pavelski makes it one nothing with his nineteenth of the year, sixty five seconds in. Pavelski from Jason Robertson and Rope hints at one oh five. It's one nothing Dallas. And then fifty three seconds later, it's two nothing Stars on Radek Fox's eleventh of the year. Hints the assist at a buck fifty eight, and Dallas off to the races. But sixty three seconds later, Flames stop the bleeding a little bit on a line. Lindholm's 20th of the year, fourth 20-goal season for Lindholm, and fourth as a member of the Flames. Lindholm from Andrew Majapani and Tyler Toffoli at 3 one and the Flames cut the lead in half, but... Dallas uh, regains their two-goal lead with less than four minutes to go in the first period. Wyatt Johnston redirects home. He is 20th of the year. The rookie gets to 20, obviously, for the first time. Uh, Miro Haskinen, Jamie Benn, the assists at 16.08. For Haskinen, he increases or extends his point streak to a career-high 10. And Dallas led 3-1 after 20. Completely script in the second period as Calgary was the team that dominated and they score three straight starting with Mackenzie Wieger's third of the year at 10:20 of the second period. Wieger from Lindholm and we had a 3-2 game then just over three minutes after that Blake Coleman ties it with his 17th of the year. Coleman from Rasmus Anderson and Wieger at 13:56 and a little bit more than three minutes after that the Flames take their first lead of the game on a Nick Ritchie breakaway. Ritchie's 11th 11th from Rasmus Anderson who made a beautiful up pass for the uh for the breakaway and Noah Hannafin gets the other assist and at 58, Flames have a 4-3 lead but 72 seconds later Stars tie it on Jason Robertson's 40th of the year back-to-back 40 goal seasons for Robertson Haskinen and Colin Miller draw the assist at 18-10 we had a 4-4 tie after 40 minutes of play then to the third period we go and just before the midway mark of the third period Flames regain their one goal lead Rasmus Anderson takes a point shot that finds its way past Jake Cottinger Anderson's 10th of the year from Walker Dewar, and Weeger at 9:53 and just like that the Flames had a 5-4 lead but again shortly thereafter less than 3 minutes later Yadi Hakanpa ties it for Dallas Hakanpa gets his 6th from Pavelski and Ben at 12:09 Five-five. Your score off to overtime. We go and into the final minute of overtime. We go. The Stars win it. Jason Robertson backhand upstairs for his second of the night, 41st of the season, and the overtime winner. Robertson from Pavelski at 4:47 of overtime gets us to our six-five final score. Final shots, 38-26 in favor of the Flames. Calgary finishes 0-for-1 on the power play. Dallas 0-for-3 with the man advantage. Your three stars tonight, number. 3 Jason Robertson, number 2 Mackenzie Weger and number 1 Rasmus Anderson with the overtime loss Flames fall to 31-24 and 15. They're back in action Monday on the road in Los Angeles, while Dallas improves to 38-19 and 13. They're back in action Tuesday at home to Seattle. That is your final summary, and now for everyone involved in Flames hockey tonight for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Peter Labardius for our on-site engineers Tim Khalil, and Randy Opperman. For our reporter, Matty Rose, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Nanji, my name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames talk post-game show, available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've been coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. If you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings, contact them today for a free estimate. For all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Next up for Calgary is Monday night in Los Angeles, 8.30 face-off, which means we're on the air with your Flames warm-up at 7.30 on Monday night. Have a great rest of your weekend. Final score from the Scotiabank Saddledome tonight, Flames fall 6-5 in overtime to the Dallas Stars. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show, available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
0: This is CFAC 960 AM, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. A Rogers sports and media radio station. Flames Radio is only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thanks for listening. Sportsnet.ca slash 960 has games and times for the next Flames Radio broadcast. This is a copyright broadcast. No retransmission streaming, recording, or copying of the broadcast in any way is allowed without the permission of the Calgary Flames Hockey Club and Sportsnet. 960. Calgary's home for the Flames and the National Hockey League is Sportsnet 960 The Fan.